Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, that's my mom. And Glenn Leverins. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Good morning and welcome back to a brand new hour of Morning Air and the Memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, the first U.S.-born person to be canonized. We continue to say Merry Christmas on this 11th day of Christmas. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and producer Sarah Tafoya. Thank you so much for joining us across America and beyond, wherever you may be listening to us on this Thursday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. On Thursdays, I always take a brief moment to remember the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Holy Thursday by our Lord Jesus Christ. During this Eucharistic revival that our bishops have called for, let's try to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament sometime today if you get an opportunity. Now, today is also the memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. She was born to Episcopalian parents in New York City in 1774. She was married and had five children. After her husband's death, she converted to the Catholic faith and founded the first religious society in the U.S., the Sisters of Charity, a community of teaching sisters that founded Catholic schools, especially to educate underprivileged children. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton laid the foundation of the American parochial system and was the first person born in the U.S. to be canonized. I want to bring in Glenn and Sarah once again. Hey, Glenn, what are a few of the stories that are making headlines this hour here on this Thursday morning. Well, John, the election season gets underway in full swing here. The Iowa caucus is less than two weeks away. However, uh, on the timeline, it's kind of like the ump is at the the home plates waiting to get the starting lineup. And uh, some states are trying to keep Mr. Trump off the ballots. Those included in Colorado, the U.S. Supreme Court taking a look right now. And uh, Mr. Trump is hoping to get a resolution there very quickly. Well, obviously, that is something that the Supreme Court has some pressure. They definitely have to make a ruling very quickly because there is a lot on the line with whatever they decide. And most constitutional scholars believe that they will not side with this attempt to keep President Trump off the ballot. Colorado, as well as Maine, looking to keep him off the ballot for things related to January 6th and the uh, riots at the at the Capitol. Elsewhere, the Justice Department suing the state of Texas for a new Texas law that would go into effect in March that would allow Texas law enforcement to arrest anyone suspected of entering that state illegally. And obviously, that is a very uh, controversial uh, law that uh, is uh, being talked about by pundits on, on both sides of the aisle this morning, Glenn. Yeah, Justice Department going after it, saying that uh, federal law should trump anything the state of Texas is trying to do as the, the governor there, uh, trying to, you know, not leave any rock uncovered in terms of uh, ways to, to help ease the situation at the border. 
want to shift gears as uh, we've been talking about uh, earlier here in the first hour of the show, and we've actually been talking about it uh, since uh, we uh, got back on the air here the, this year. Uh, uh, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, is hosting the Seek 24 Conference in St. Louis, Missouri, with a, around 20,000 young people on hand for this fantastic event that, it, that ends uh, tomorrow. Relevant Radio has been blessed to be one of the premier sponsors and the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky and Maggie has been broadcasting a special edition of the Rosary live at 8 a.m. Central uh, this week from Seek. Joining us live from St. Louis at the Seek 24 conference is Relevant Radio producer Jim Shaper, uh, part of the Family Rosary Across America team. Good morning, Jim. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It is uh, good to be with you uh, from from your hometown. Good morning and Merry Christmas, John. Great to be with you. Thank you. How uh, has special has it been for you? What's what's the experience been like uh, to be back in St. Louis and to be a uh, part of this Seek 24 conference? Uh, not only uh, working there uh, with the Family Rosary Across America, but uh, obviously uh, also as a participant. It has been absolutely incredible. And it really takes me back because 25 years ago this very month, Pope St. John Paul II was celebrating Mass at the Dome at America Center. And for me, you know, my faith journey was just starting then. And now it's it's incredible because now I'm seeing the young men and women here at SEEK, high school students, college students, some graduates, focused missionaries, and that's where they are now. They are taking ownership of their faith, and it's just an amazing experience to see so many people in one building, and I just can't even hardly describe the beauty of it. It's got to be uh, so uh, uplifting uh, for you. I, I understand that uh, the actual chair that Pope St. John Paul II uh, sat on there uh, at the, that Mass at the Dome uh, is, is still, uh, still exists. It does, yes, John. And actually, they're using the very same altar that they used at the Papal Mass back in 1999. And it's just incredible. It, so when you walk in the dome, there's a beautiful uh, projection of the actual, uh, of the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis, which I'm sure, John, you know very well, has a, just a beautiful collection of mosaics. And that is on the stage. And when I walked in yesterday morning, you could hear silence, but you heard the beauty of the chant playing in the background and you see this beautiful image of the Cathedral Basilica, and people start to file into the dome as we get ready to pray the rosary and then celebrate Holy Mass. And it's almost like we're taken out of this world into, into heaven, which, of course, as we know, uh, Dr. Scott Hahn talks in, in his book, The Lamb's Supper, the Mass is um, heaven come down to earth. And so it's just beautiful to see this, and, and with adoration, and with so many opportunities, these, these young men and women have to, uh, you know, go to the sacraments and receive confession, reconciliation. And it's just, it's amazing because going through the actual America Center, there's several booths from so many religious orders, priests and monks and religious sisters. And if the world tells us that the church is boring, they need to come to this conference because kids 
kicking around the soccer ball, playing pickleball in the middle of the, the rows on the way as you're walking through the booth. It's anything but boring. It's the church is alive here in St. Louis at the Seat Conference. The church is alive, and it's a beautiful thing to experience. Wow, uh, Jim, you couldn't have painted a better picture. Uh, you, you couldn't do any better than if you were at Bush Stadium talking about a, a Cardinals pregame. Uh, you really have painted the picture for us of uh, the atmosphere there. What has it been for you uh, personally uh, behind the scenes as a producer for the family at Rosary Across America as Father Rocky takes uh, the show on the road uh, there to the C conference with all those uh, thousands of college students on hand every, every morning. Well, it's been a great uh, opportunity to see the other side of things because uh, the family rosary across America, as you know, has, you know, goes to many parishes around um, the area in the Chicago, Wisconsin, even down to uh, Ave Maria, Florida. And we will um, have the family rosary across uh, America on location basically. And, Usually I'm in the studio, and so I'm you know behind the scenes listening there and making sure everything's running smoothly. But now I'm here, and it's just incredible to see how awesome the just the the um, participation is from uh, the people, from the young men and women, from all of the people praying. Of course, uh, several um, people are selected to come up and share prayer intentions. And all week long at the Relevant Radio booth, we have been taking prayer intentions um, from anybody who passes by. And they're so grateful that we are able to pray for them, and they pray for us. And it's, you know, we are the body of Christ. That's, that's what it is. And so that is the experience that I, I have with uh, the Family Rosary Across America. Final uh, thought on uh, the, the the biggest takeaway, the the, the key uh, moment uh, that you will remember uh, from this Sikh uh, conference. You are going to love this. So the other day, um, we had the opportunity to have a Catholic celebrity who has gone on before us. I call him a Catholic celebrity because he's better than any celebrity that you'll see here on earth. And it's St. Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, most recently uh, canonized, one of the most recent canonized saints of the Catholic Church. And one of the priests in the parish um, in Mexico was able to bring a relic. And you would think, John, you know, you're a sports guy, that they were announcing Michael Jordan coming into the arena, coming into the dome. And when they brought this relic of this wonderful young martyr and saint into the dome. The crowd just erupted. People were so excited and the chance of Diva Cristo Rey would not stop. It was, it was just absolutely incredible. And so that, for me, was the pivotal moment of this whole conference. What an awesome moment. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, Viva Cristo Rey, uh, Jim. Thank, thanks again. God bless. Thanks. Great to be with you. Relevant Radio producer Jim Shaper, part of the Family Rosary Across America team. And you can join Father Rocky and Maggie for a special edition of the Family Rosary Across America live from the Seek 24 conference coming up at 8 a.m. Central here this morning.
We uh, begin every morning, as we always do, in prayer, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. We continue to pray for peace in the the world, peace in our nation, in our church, in our homes, and uh, especially peace in the Middle East and in Ukraine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As we do on every show, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from John 6:51. Jesus the Lord says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. The babe of Bethlehem that we worship during this Christmas season is Jesus the Lord, the bread of life that we receive in the most holy Eucharist. Let's take advantage of Christ's gift of the Eucharist in this new year of 2024 more than ever before. And we always pray with great confidence from the chaplet of divine mercy, that beautiful prayer, that short prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short uh, break. When we come back, Bishop Edward Scharfenberger, the Bishop of the Diocese of Albany, New York, will be with us to talk about the Vatican Declaration on the Pastoral Meaning of Blessings. So stay tuned. We have much more to talk about uh, on Morning Air on this Thursday edition here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air on the 11th day of Christmas and the memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Merry Christmas. We continue to say thank you so much for joining us. It is good to be with you on this Thursday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. You can always send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And our toll-free line, if you want to be part of uh, the conversation here this morning, 888 888- 914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Now, as uh, was reported by Catholic News Agency on December 18th, the Vatican issued uh, new guidance on the topic of blessings of same-sex attracted people, stating that Catholic priests can bless same-sex couples as an expression of pastoral closeness without condoning their sexual relations. Unfortunately, much of the mainstream media 
media reported it with sensational headlines that uh, caused uh, quite a bit of confusion. Reuters uh, said it this way, uh, Vatican approves blessings for same-sex couples in landmark ruling. And CBS News said, Pope Francis says priests can bless same-sex couples, but marriage is between a man and a woman. Joining us live uh, this morning is His Excellency uh, Bishop Edward Scharfenberger uh, to uh, give us some uh, clarity and uh, talk about uh, the Vatican Declaration Fiducia Supplicans on the Pastoral Meaning of Blessings. Bishop Scharfenberger is the Bishop of the Diocese of Albany, New York, and a longtime regular contributor to Morning Air. Your Excellency, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks so much for, for joining us. It is always a blessing to be with you here at the start of the new year. Thank you, John. And I say the same, too. And I think Merry Christmas is still appropriate because uh, uh, we can speak of Long Christmas, which is uh, not only a day that we celebrate, but really a, a season and beyond. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you, Your Excellency. Uh, before we uh, get into uh, this Vatican declaration, um, I'd love to get your re- reaction on the way that the mainstream media reported uh, on uh, the, the Vatican document on the topic of the blessings of same-sex attracted people. Because, you know, just from listening even here on, on the network, uh, there was a lot of, of folks, a lot of Catholics that uh, felt confused after uh, this uh, Vatican declaration uh, came out, and I think the mainstream media added fuel to that confusion. Well, let's let's be let's be honest and let's be real here, uh, John. Most people, Catholics included, get their news from the mainstream media. I mean, uh, I don't know what uh, other diocesan newspapers are reporting, and I certainly know what, what our own has, and it hasn't been easy to communicate it this clearly, um, partly because the way communication is made is not only in words, but in pictures. And uh, many of the, uh, the con- much of the confusion that I have seen, at least, uh, although the, the, uh, the uh, declaration itself, you know, from the DDF does certainly need to be studied very carefully, uh, which might be my first recommendation, by the way, is that actually is to read the document itself. And I don't think there's any substitute for that. And uh, uh, because the the document does say, uh, as you said, very, very clearly that this is not a to be understood as a regularization or a changing of church teaching regarding what marriage is and what it is not. And uh, and it is not only focused on situations involving uh, couples in a same-sex uh, relationship, uh, but also those who may be in other, what quote-unquote, irregular relationships, perhaps uh, divorced and and, uh, and civilly remarried, you know, without a without an annulment or an annulment process. So anyway, that I think is clear. We have to be realistic here that. Uh, it, 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 we can't be, expect to, to, to show holy horror that it is going to be picked up by certain elements, certainly in the, in the uh, secular media, maybe even the Catholic media, as somehow a regularization or a change in church teaching, which it is not, but uh, it, it shouldn't surprise us that it's taken that way. I understand the dramatic language, <laughs> you know, when you uh, mentioned before, some of the reports I've seen landmark decision. You know, it reminded me of the time when the Supreme Court uh, 
uh, so to speak, in, 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 in legal terms, regularized uh, same-sex marriage uh, as being falling within a, a possible definition of marriage, uh, which, of course, is not our understanding of marriage, which is unique as a relationship uh, between a man and a woman uh, for life, oriented towards uh, uh, their, their own uh, mutual love and expression and uh, an openness to children and so forth. So, uh, yes, it is, it is uh, unfortunate, but it is a reality that uh, m- many uh, people, including Catholics, are going to, to hear uh, reports in the secular media that are definitely uh, promoting a different agenda. And uh, remember, it, remember the, uh, the famous uh, uh, who am I to judge statement of Pope Francis, you know, in the early years of his uh, papacy, when he was asked on a plane, you know, about uh, a situation in the Vatican in which there had been a priest, an individual priest who was involved in a, I guess, a, uh, uh, a say, not maybe a same sex union, but in a re- re- relationship, maybe the priest uh, had been identified as as a gay, and uh, apparently uh, retracted or decided to go to another step in his life where he would conform himself with the teaching of the church and to remove himself from this relationship. And then Pope Francis said, "Well, if somebody decides to go with the Lord and to accept His grace and to accept that grace of purification to move away from what had been a sinful uh, union." Who am I to judge? In other words, it was, uh, but it was interpreted as as blessing, in many sources, as blessing uh, the priest's previous life, when in fact he had uh, come to a point in his life where he moved away from that. And I think he, they they didn't fire him, but they kept him in his position. So it was brought to his attention. Anyway, um, here's a question I would always ask: Is what what does God do all day long? What does God do all day long? And one of the ways I have answered uh, that, uh, I propose that as a rhetorical question sometimes, even in a homily. And uh, one of the things I myself have said in my preaching is, well, God blesses. God blesses. This is the essence of what God does. God offers grace. What is great? What is a blessing but a grace, an offering to accept goodness from God in order to receive goodness in our lives? And it is not a uh, a blessing in this. And I realize this is the new, the newness here is uh, what the document is inviting is an expansion of the idea of blessing as not only a sanction, such as, you know, give us your blessing so that what we're about to do is okay. You know, um, I think everybody understands that when, uh, a priest or a bishop or or a deacon or or even a, a, a general or a, a commander, a, a division commander would say, I'm blessing you men as you go into battle. I don't think anybody would understand that as saying, I'm blessing you to kill people. You know, I, I, it, obviously war is a reality, and uh, sometimes uh, people have to take up arms to defend their country, their honor. And uh, we have traditionally sent men out into battle, blessing them. Are we blessing war? Are we blessing killing? No, we're blessing these men that uh, that they may come back uh, healthy and well and that achieve their mission perhaps even with a minimal of, of, of destruction. But uh, we don't question 
all of the details and say, well, uh, you know, uh, are you sure that you're going to try to avoid uh, hurting people too much or using too much force? And we don't question. We simply bless them to go out and uh, and to do their job and, and hopefully that uh, that they will come back uh, well. Uh, it, it may seem like a, a wasteful thing to do, but what would we say? No, we don't bless you. We're going to leave you alone. We're going to abandon you as you go out there. So uh, that's just what comes to mind as as uh, as uh, a kind of a way of looking at this. Uh, maybe in the same way that uh, Jesus used the parable of the uh, of the sower, that the sower went out to sow the seed and and uh, this waste almost wastefulness of God in in giving out blessing uh, and grace with the hope that it will be received in a way that is profitable and and and, and life giving and yet the parable as it says very clearly some of the seed will flow on a rock or will uh, land in an area where there's thorns and the thorns will choke up the uh, the uh, the the seed sprouting, you know, which which offers a grace, you know, uh, but it it something will get in the way, and it could be an added, you know, we can we can look at this uh, in, in, and and make analogies about in our lives about the type of situations in which our hearts are hard, and even though we have received blessings and invitations in our lives to grow, uh, we may not want to change. You know, and uh, or we may get distracted. Uh, you know, good confession. I remember, um, I remember the uh, the nun used to tell us that one of the worst times or the most challenging times is not the confession itself, uh, if you've received absolution from your sins, but the time right after that when the devil's going to try to throw all sorts of temptations in your in your path. You know, uh, to 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 negate the the effect of that sacramental blessing. So. Back to the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the whole idea of blessing, what I see in the document as I, have, as I read it is an invitation to be more generous in offering blessing uh, in the hope that it will inspire anyone who receives this blessing, and even a person who is in a uh, irregular union, be it because of, uh, uh, of a a marriage that is civil but not 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 yet um, uh, sacramentalized in church, or a couple that may be cohabiting, uh, that may be in some form of same-sex relationship. We don't know uh, what happens in people's private lives. Uh, there are people who we know cohabit uh, who are of the same sex that may or may not be engaged in actions which themselves are inappropriate. Uh, outside of marriage, we don't we don't know that. And I and I see uh, a, an effort to try to give pastors some ability not to to be able to give a blessing to people that come and ask for them spontaneously, uh, but to be very careful that this is a uh, a, 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 a an act of love from God who wants us to live virtuous and holy lives. And people may be struggling to do just that. We don't know the motives uh, of a person, and it's difficult to be able to do that when they're asked spontaneously for this. Uh, and uh, if you read the document very carefully, it reiterates our teaching about the nature, the permanent nature of marriage, as I described it before, 
and uh, uh, and that it also makes it clear that this uh, blessing, these blessings, if they are given, are not to be ritualized. In other words, there's not going to be any book that comes out and says, now this is a blessing for same-sex couples, or this is a blessing for people who are uh, engaged to be married and, and cohabiting, but not yet married, or this is a blessing for people that are divorced in a civil union, maybe are waiting for an annulment to, uh, to process, to, uh, to hopefully uh, uh, contract a sacramental marriage, that no, no, such, no such ritual is going to come out in order to do this, because the situations are so uh, numerous. It gives basically a great degree of, of, um, of leeway for a pastor uh, to be able to use his discretion uh, and the words that he needs to use in order to make it clear that this is meant to help the people grow in grace and not a sanction of the actual status of their of their uh, of their uh, union. And so, Your Excellency, uh, in summary, uh, to to be clear, this Vatican document does not change Catholic teaching or establish any kind of new liturgical right. Uh, It is merely guidelines on uh, blessings. Exactly. And all of the reporting that I've seen, the accurate reporting, and and in the the Catholic sources that I've seen, uh, reiterate that in consistent with the document. Yeah. Your Excellency, since we're talking about blessings, uh, can you give us your blessing here at the start of this new year? Yes, thank you, John. And I invoke uh, the blessing of our loving Father on everyone who is listening and and their loved ones, that we may all experience the, uh, the love of God in our lives and the capacity of that love to change our lives to help us to grow deeper in holiness, in love, and in charity. And I pray for good health, for spiritual growth, and for all of the blessings that will help us in order to truly represent the loving presence of Christ and with everyone we meet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Your Excellency uh, Bishop Scharfenberger, thank you so uh, much uh, for being uh, with us. Uh, Merry Christmas. Many blessings in this new year. Same to you, John. God bless you all. Bishop Edward Scharfenberger, the Bishop of the Diocese of Albany, New York, and a regular contributor to Morning Air. We need to take a short pause when we come back. Our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will be with us to talk about the upcoming Solemnity of the Epiphany of the Lord, the Magi, and the symbolic meaning of the three gifts. So stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Thursday here on Relevant Radio and the new and improved Relevant Radio app. Good morning, air on the 11th day of Christmas and the memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, the first U.S.-born person to be canonized. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. 
as we continue to say Merry Christmas and get ready for the Feast of the Epiphany. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Thursday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. You can always send us an email directly with whatever's on your mind. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, uh, this Sunday, January 7th, the Catholic Church will celebrate the Solemnity of the Epiphany of Our Lord. In the Latin Rite, the Epiphany celebrates the revelation that Jesus was the Son of God. It focused primarily on this revelation to the three wise men, the three magi, but also in his baptism in the Jordan and the wedding feast at Cana. Joining us live this morning is our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, for much more on the Epiphany of the Lord. Father Kabicki is a Jesuit priest, a retreat director, and a spiritual director at the St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and a longtime relevant radio contributor with his daily prayer reflections, as well as a longtime contributor to Morning Air. Good morning, Father Kabicki. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for for being with us once again. It's It's a joy to be with you here at the start of the year. Well, good morning, John, and uh, Happy New Year, and blessed Merry Christmas to all our listeners as well. Uh, We're anticipating, as you said, John, the Feast of the Epiphany, which is a word that means manifestation. And this is where um, a number of churches uh, in the Eastern uh, Church, uh, the Orthodox and such, they celebrate this with, um, in some ways, even greater solemnity than Christmas Day. Uh, uh, The reason for that is because Christmas Day is when the shepherds came and Jesus was manifest. The Son of God was made known to the Jewish people. And then what we see represented by the three magi is that Jesus is now made visible, manifest to the Gentiles, to those who are non-Jewish. And so many of our Orthodox or Eastern Rite Catholics celebrate uh, this coming feast of the theophany, they call it, which is a word that also means manifestation. And as you mentioned, John, we celebrate not only, or we keep in mind not only how Jesus was made manifest to the three magi who came from the East, but also he was uh, made manifest in his baptism in the Jordan River and in his very first miracle, according to the Gospel of John chapter 2. And theophany means uh, the the manifestation, the uh, showing of God. And so in all of these events, we see the Magi adoring Jesus because he's the Son of God. We see Jesus being baptized and the Father claiming him as his beloved Son and the Holy Spirit coming upon him. And then we see his divinity at work in that great miracle at the wedding feast of Cana. So all of these are ways that God is making clear that he is present among us. He is Emmanuel. And um, in many places around the world, I, I know in Rome, it is a, a, a big, big uh, feast day. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance. Uh, it it uh, even includes exchanging gifts in some places. Oh, that's right. And, you know, um, in probably in, in a lot of places, it's going to be celebrated on uh, Saturday, on the 6th, which is the traditional day of the Epiphany, 12 days after Christmas. But um, because the, the Roman Catholic Church thought that this was such an important feast that everyone should be aware of it, it was transferred 
to this uh, this coming Sunday. And uh, you're right, there's going to be gift exchanges. I'm going to be going to um, visit some friends, and uh, they always have uh, uh, a gift for their children uh, who are now all adults, but uh, I'm included in this gift exchange, and basically they get a book uh, for each of their children and, and a book for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that book will be this year. But I'm sure there, there are many different customs that our listeners may be aware of, and maybe they could call in and tell us more about them. I know in um, the Hispanic community, the Latino community, there are lots of uh, different customs associated with the Feast of the Epiphany. Maybe one custom that I'm most familiar with and which I'll be celebrating with the family I just mentioned is to uh, bless their home. Uh, there's uh, blessed chalk, which is used to put above the door frame uh, the, the number of the year, 2024, and then the initials of um, the three wise men. Traditionally, they're identified as Melchior, Balthazar, and Casper, and so MBC is put on the door frame, and it's a, a special epiphany blessing that uh, perhaps some of our listeners are aware of as well. Well, uh, those are wonderful uh, traditions uh, that uh, so many folks have uh, experienced over the years. In fact, I'd like to open up our phone lines and bring in the listeners. Uh, does your family have any epiphany uh, customs or traditions uh, that you'd like to share with us? We would love to hear from you. We're taking your calls for our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, on our toll-free line, 888 914 and we only have Father Kabicki for a short time here uh, this morning. Uh, Father, what do we know uh, about the Magi, um, both in Scripture and in tradition? Because, uh, like, for example, the names that you just mentioned for those initials of um, uh, Melchior, uh, Balthasar, and Casper, uh, they're not mentioned specifically uh, in, uh, in the Gospels. You're right. We don't find them in the scriptures themselves, but again, because we have the story in the Gospel of Matthew of these three wise men, magi or astrologers, people who studied the stars, uh, they came from the east led by a star to uh, Bethlehem and to the stable where Jesus was. And so we have that story, and at some point, I suppose uh, people either did research or else they uh, developed the tradition that they would be called by these three names. Um, what we we know is is what I just said is that they're they're known as magi or wise men, um, people who looked to the stars for uh, signs and portents of important events going on. And so there was this very special star, which you know even today people have done some research on to say you know what was this? Was it a, a special conjunction of the planets? Um, what was it that led these um, three men from the East to come to meet Jesus? I have to admit, though, John, um, I often wonder, as as we read the story in Matthew's Gospel, how wise they really were. Because, you know, here they come from the East, and they are aware of different prophecies saying there's going to be a newborn king. And they go right to the evil King Herod who had killed his own son, afraid that his son was going to take the throne away from him. 
And can you imagine these three guys showing up? And uh, Herod's reputation was known throughout the world at that point. And they come to him and say, where's the newborn king of the Jews? And you can just imagine um, Herod. This is what leads to the murder, the massacre of the holy innocents, because he does not want this newborn king to take the throne away from him. So I often uh, smile and think of the irony that here these are the very wise men, but they did something very foolish, asking King Herod where his, the newborn king of the Jews was. Yeah, in fact, uh, in uh, the uh, the gospel reading from uh, Matthew uh, chapter uh, 2, uh, it goes on to say, we saw his star at its rising, and we have come to do him homage. And that's a reminder of the divinity of the little baby of Bethlehem, our Lord Jesus Christ, truly God and truly man. Uh, th- this is obviously uh, the Lord guiding uh, these wise men to come and worship the little baby Jesus. That's right. And they were also inspired, you know, it's a kind of a prophetic inspiration to bring certain gifts. And so uh, church fathers, and theologians throughout the uh, centuries have seen in the three gifts that the wise men brought a kind of prophetic statement about who Jesus is. And so one of them brought gold, which is given to a king, recognizing the kingship, that he's the newborn king of the Jews. Uh, One of them brought incense, which is used in worshiping God. And so in bringing incense, there is a recognition that this baby is uh, divine, is the Son of God. And then one of them brought myrrh, which was a spice used to anoint bodies of people who have died. And so with this myrrh, there's the anticipation of the Son of God offering himself for the salvation of the world on the cross and dying. And with myrrh, he's, he's capable of dying because he has taken on a human nature. So with myrrh, we see the uh, statement of our faith that he is not only fully God, but he's also fully, truly human. Um, Father Kabiki, you mentioned uh, the the tradition uh, during Epiphany of uh, blessing our homes uh, with chalk and holy water, which I think is a great uh, reminder of uh, uh, the beauty and the power of these sacramentals. I mean, we can you know bless our homes any time of the year, but uh, obviously for Epiphany, it's it's a special tradition. Yes, that's right, John. And you know, the Jewish people have the tradition of putting. Um, the, uh, the statement, the Shema, which says the Lord is God, God alone, they have it uh, at their doorpost. And so as they come uh, and when they leave or when they re-enter their homes, they touch that and uh, remind themselves that the Lord is God. He's the God of all people, and he's the, the Lord and master of this house. Well, we, we can do that in other ways with sacramentals, um, to have a little holy water fountain. Uh, by our door to remind ourselves of our baptism, to ask God's protection. Or many people have the tradition of consecrating their homes and their families to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so they have those images in the home. And again, um, coming and going from our home to uh, make a prayer to our Lord and to ask uh, Him to be Lord and Master of our families. 
Father Kabiki, uh, Sylvia is joining us this morning from Iowa City. Uh, good morning, uh, Sylvia. Merry Christmas. Uh, welcome to the show. You're on with Father Kabiki. Good morning, everyone. Father Kabiki, too, and Merry Christmas. It's still Christmas season. So I just wanted to pop in and share about my family's um, uh, Three Kings tradition. Tres de, uh, los Tres Reyes. Tres Reyes, Three Kings. Uh, we, we celebrate the Epiphany out here in Iowa City. We don't have any immediate family other than just my father-in-law and my little tiny family. So what I've done for almost, uh, gosh, 12 years now is that I round up as many neighbors and church friends as want, are available, and we celebrate um, uh, Three Kings Day, the Epiphany, January 6th every year with hot cocoa, cinnamon tea, and rosca, which is a big round bread it's a sweet bread that's cut up in different pieces, and there's a baby Jesus buried uh, within the cake. So I always tell people to watch their chewing, and they get a prize for it. But that's how we celebrate it here in my community, and it's I, it's something I look forward to. And my husband and I started collecting nativity sets um, as a result mm-hmm. of that, and uh, we make kids go around. Uh, you know, sometimes when we have enough kids, we'll have the kids, you know, go and figure out, okay, where's the nativity set from Kenya, whereas the nativity set from Uruguay or from Mexico or a different country. So they have something to look at and be occupied while everybody else is chatting and mingling in the first week of January. Wow, that's beautiful. I I love the different nativity sets. Tell me, though, Roska, uh, what tradition is that from? What ethnic uh, food would that uh, be uh, from what country? Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, well, we were just talking about this because we're going to go to the Mm -hmm. bakery today to see if it's still open. You know, since the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, we haven't had a gathering, and um, this will Mm -hmm. be our first one that we feel everyone is safe. Um, And we're going to see if they're still open. This is a Latin American tradition that we trace back to um, Spain. At least my husband was saying it was a Spanish tradition. So send me blessings because I may have to make the rosca myself. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I do sourdough bread baking, so that sourdough better cooperate. <laughs> Sylvia, thanks uh, so much uh, for for sharing. Uh, it sounds like it'll be a delicious rosca. Feliz Dia de los Tres Reyes to you. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. And for everybody else, um, happy Epiphany and Tres Dia de los Reyes. And don't forget a little gift for your kids on that particular day, which is the other thing that we've done. Um, we have switched mm-hmm. all of our gift giving from Christmas over to January 6th. And that is just so much more. Um, I, I like it a lot better. The focus is different and the celebration is, is consistent with some biblical, uh, biblical scripture. And so I'm just really excited about that. So anyhow, thank you all for listening and I'm going to get off the air. Thank you. Thanks, Sylvia. Okay, Thanks thank so you, much. Sylvia. Father Kabiki, less than a minute to go. Your final thoughts here as uh, the Christmas season is winding down. Well, it is the shortest Christmas season, just as it was the shortest Advent, because right after Sunday, the Epiphany, we have uh, a day that's usually celebrated on another Sunday, the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord. So I just would tell people in these final days of Christmas, really enjoy them together and, and make them a very prayerful experience for everyone. And now, let me, John, impart a blessing to everyone. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you. 
We thank you for the gift, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, who joined himself to ourselves and who comes to us in the Eucharist. We pray that we may grow in our faith and may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, come upon all our listeners, our families, and friends forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki. And now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. As we continue to think about those ornaments carefully, as we contemplate taking down the tree, our story today called Dime Store Angel. It's by James Kisner. It was just a Christmas angel that my mom put on our tree. She bought it at a five and dime when I was only three. Each year we'd trim our Christmas tree with lights and ornaments. Then mom would always tell me what the angel represents. The angels came to tell the shepherds of the Christ child's birth. And angels are still here with us to guide us on earth. The angel on our Christmas tree was made in such a way that if the light inside burned out, you just threw it away. The light burned out when I was 12. The angel would not shine, but Mom would not throw it away. She said it looked just fine. She loved that little angel that she put upon our tree. She said it didn't need a light for anyone to see. Then I grew up. I moved out to start my family. I'd go home at Christmas time to help her trim her tree. My wife and children went with me to Mom's house every year. The house was filled with love and joy as we shared Christmas cheer. The kids would always say to her, the angel is burned out. And she would smile and tell them what the angel is all about. She told another reason for its specialty. Your daddy picked that angel out when he was only three. My mother passed away this year early in the spring, and I had the painful task of going through her things. The beautiful old house she owned was left me in her will. We moved back in the summertime. We feel her in it still. Early in December, we brought out our Christmas tree. I went up to the attic just to see what I could see. I saw a cardboard box with markings, ornaments, and stuff. And in it was the little angel that she loved so much. I brought the cardboard box downstairs and showed the family. And they persuaded me to put the angel on our tree. We trimmed the tree that weekend and we talked of Christmas past. And when the tree was finally done, the angel went on at last. Every night till Christmas, all the lights were burning bright except the little angel that had long burned out her light. Then on Christmas morning, I arose before the rest, had to have my coffee to be at my very best. I walked into the living room, my coffee cup in hand, then what I saw so puzzled me, I could not understand. I just stood in silence as my eyes filled up with tears, the little angel all aglow that had been dark for years. From Luke 2, 10 and 11, And the angel said to them, be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. As always, thanks so much, Glenn, and that's what Christmas is all about. Coming up uh, at the top of the hour at 8 a.m. Central, join us for a special edition of the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky and Maggie live from the Focus Seek 24 Conference in St. Louis, Missouri. Pray with us and watch it on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Thursday, January 4th, 2024 edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverance, producers Gabby Burke, Sarah Tafoya, our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all, God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow on the next edition of Morning Air. The Family Rosary Across America, followed by the Patrick Madrid Show, is straight ahead.